This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. And we're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. Randy Coonan on the road today, the 110th North Dakota Grain Dealers Association Convention and Trade Show is underway as we speak in Fargo. And Randy is there with an update. My guest uh, is uh, Jude Group principal, founder and principal, Dave Jude. And Dave, you were tasked with the uh, the task of uh, providing an economic outlook here for the North Dakota Grain Dealers. Uh, and coming off of uh, COVID, everybody's expecting a, of this sharp rebound, but we've not seen that yet. And you kind of went through and kind of explained it's not going to come fast. How does that trickle back to the farm? You think of the food economy with services and goods. The grocery stores, um, they sold a lot of stuff, and they increased uh, sales in a lot of categories, but restaurants didn't. And um, the food goes out about 50-50. Probably about 60% is spent in food service. So that kind of rechanges the whole uh, production structure that goes all the way back to the feed that feeds the cattle and the chickens and the and the hogs that go into the pork, beef, and broiler meat that go into restaurant packaging versus uh, retail packaging. So that's one. Their customers are affected. And then two, the um, the whole shock to the um, uh, system from the COVID shutdowns, which hit energy and hit all kinds of things, created all kinds of reactions from OPEC cutting back, um, to uh, demand for ethanol um, and, you know, the OPEC's cutbacks and, and uh, reduction in natural gas drove up um, fertilizer prices. And then we throw in some other things like the war in the Ukraine. Um, that's how it really hits farmers. And then I think the third thing is we're trying to squeeze all this inflation out of the economy with uh, interest rates. And interest rates have averaged traditionally about 5% of production costs on the farm, but they're going up, and they're going to be higher. And that's that's what I see coming back to the farm level. Sure. And, again, something that's going to hang around for two, three, four years? Um, we'll see, but uh, in, in, in some cases, I think um, – I think we're not back to a normal economy until 2024 at some point. Dave Jude, founder and principal of the Jude Group, from the 110th Annual North Dakota Grain Dealers Association's Annual Meeting and Trade Show for the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. North Dakota Agriculture Commissioner Doug Goring is holding his cards close to his chest, but expects activity to pick up soon in the North Dakota legislature. There's a lot of activity out there. There's a lot of bills dropping. There's a lot of bills that are going to drop. There's a lot of things I know about that I probably can't speak about yet, but we'll have to have to see. I would say 10 days, two weeks from now, oh, there'll be a lot of good stuff to talk about that you know is looming out there in the in the legislature for them to consider. With the hope to grow animal agriculture in the state, there will likely be bills to modify North Dakota's corp farming law. It appears that they would be only looking at a poultry, poultry house or operation, a dairy operation, swine, aquaculture, and hydroponics. Those would be the only areas. Uh, there'd be a, a 
real strict limitation on the amount of land, so it would only be just the footprint for the facility itself. And uh, it, it appears as though uh, they would try to address the issue to help bolster animal agriculture in North Dakota, which would be just value added. I mean, for the grain farmers in North Dakota, they would it'd be such a benefit, such a huge benefit to all of them. A storm is tracking across the Midwest National Weather Service. Meteorologist Ryan Leake says today's system has a mix of snow and slush. So the system that's occurring today uh, is producing some snow and freezing drizzle. That's kind of the main, the main concern. It's kind of a mess. It's got just a mix of ice and slippery conditions as a result of that of that precipitation. Generally speaking, it's not too heavy. We've got kind of a band of snow across South Dakota, uh, west of Aberdeen, and that extends up into southeastern North Dakota and into western Minnesota. And kind of on both sides of that, it looks like there's freezing drizzle um, that's leading to some issues. That threat is going to continue really through the rest of today. Leak says southern areas are getting hints of rain as well. So the low itself is centered across southern Iowa, and it's shifting off to the northeast. There's some warmer air uh, closer to the low, so there is moisture there, but a lot of that right now is just rain. So it's not until you get further northwest where you're getting into the frozen precip. So kind of western Minnesota and then off into the Dakotas. Carbon credits and contracts can be difficult to navigate Minnesota Farmers Union, along with the Farmers Legal Action Group, published the Farmer's Guide to Carbon Markets, a document to help farmers understand contracts. Big Stone County Farmers Union President Peter Schwegel served on the advisory committee for this guide. Carbon markets are definitely part of the future, I think, for farmers and something we're going to see more often. And there is a lot of confusion on it. Minnesota Farmers Union just went through a process. We're releasing a farmer's guide to carbon markets, a new publication that Minnesota Farmers Union, in conjunction with FLAG, the Farmers Legal Action Group, giving farmers a heads up about what to expect, about what a carbon contract could look like, things that we should be thinking about before you sign on that dotted line. So. So just giving farmers some background, uh, I think it's really helpful, and we're really excited to get that resource out into the public. Schwegel says there's a lot of potential for farmers to partner with corporations looking to offset emissions. This guide is available at no cost. It can be picked up at any trade show where the Minnesota Farmers Union or Minnesota Department of Agriculture are exhibiting or also available at flaginc.org. This is the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Two years of drought across the U.S. has put a dent in hay stocks. According to the USDA, hay stocks are 16.4% below the previous 10-year average and the lowest ending stocks on record. The largest hay stocks end of 2022 were in Texas, down 25.8%. South Dakota ranked third, down just under 20%. And North Dakota ranked fifth for hay stocks, still down 21% from the average. Decreased hay stocks means the cattle industry could face further liquidation this winter. North Dakota Wheat Commission Policy and Marketing Director Jim Peterson is expecting spring wheat acres to be steady to slightly higher than 2022. With the weather challenges last spring, many of the intended wheat acres did not get planted last year. Spring 
wheat will also be needed in the rotation after the bump in oilseed acres. And then, you know, price-wise, you know, I think historically looking, you know, still very um, good returns on wheat. You know, there's certainly a lot of competing crops, and, you know, we tell customers that, that, you know, because customers are looking at their price and the sticker shock with the strength of the U.S. dollar, um, and then a lot of competing countries offering wheat at lower prices, and, you know, is there the incentive there for, for U.S. producers? And we tell them, yes, but... You know, we have a lot of crops competing. You know, last year was malt barley. Uh, soybeans is competing hard again. Canola, uh, even corn. Peterson is participating in the North Dakota Grain Dealers Association annual meeting today in Fargo. The North Dakota House Appropriations Committee met this morning. North Dakota State Board of Agriculture Research and Education Chair Sarah Lovis spoke on the priorities of House Bill 1020 which revolves around extension and 4-H funding. Number one is the need for a field labs facility that is going to focus on um, helping the experimentation for agronomic production and agronomic practices in the state, including plant breeding programs as well as um, agronomic research around plant diseases and weed management and soils. The second is the need to enhance North Dakota State Employee Compensation. It's critical to the agricultural experiment station that we have a compensation package that allows us to recruit and retain the scientists and the staff to support those scientists so that successful agricultural research can be conducted. Extension Vice President and Ag Experiment Station Director Greg Lardy said SBEAR held hearings over the summer to identify areas of improvement. SBEAR's responsibilities in Century Code include setting the programmatic and budgetary priorities for the agency. They have identified several critical needs, including a plant production and protection initiative, which is the number one initiative on the programmatic side for the Ag Experiment Station. Crops and cropping systems account for more than 80% of the gross revenue agricultural receipts in North Dakota. Each year, new challenges and research questions emerge, especially related to crop rotations. The specific needs in this initiative include research that addresses agronomic conditions in western North Dakota. More emphasis on plant breeding, especially with pulse crops, is needed as pulses have become increasingly important to the state's crop rotations. Members of the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture traveled to Vietnam last week to explore emerging markets. NASDA was recently awarded $925,000 from USDA to, pr to promote exports of U.S. egg products to developing countries with growth potential, including Vietnam. NASDA is also set to conduct trade missions to Thailand, Indonesia, and Kenya in the coming year. Dairy beef crosses are becoming more popular in the dairy industry. Land O'Lakes Vice President of Technical Innovation Troy Wistuba says it adds value to the lower level genetics when they're marketed. Now because of the introduction of sex semen, we can make a heifer population to provide the replacements and then we can take that lower genetic population of cows and breed them to beef bulls that instead of a $40 calf for a Holstein or a Jersey, now you have a 200 to 250 dollar calf that's born for that dairy to go ahead and, and utilize that additional income from that crossbred animal. With beef supplies dropping lower, Ustuba says the more pounds you can bring to the packer, the more profitability you add back to your herd. Find more farm news at rrfn.com. You're listening 
to the Red River Farm Network. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Potato growers could take a big hit if something goes wrong in storage. UPL's Deco Potato lead, Sean Kennedy, oversees the company's post-harvest storage. When uh, the crop, especially potatoes, are harvested, that's when Deco takes over. Um, my, well, our job is to make sure that in storage, potatoes are protected from disease uh, with certain chemicals, but also, more, more importantly, color, uh, skin strength, turgidity, so that French fry manufacturers um, uh, who sell to McDonald's, uh, Wendy's, you name it, they want a specific color. If you look at a McDonald's french fry, it's exactly the same color, whether it's sold in Miami or whether it's sold in Boise, Idaho. So um, we're, we're helping growers and processors deliver that fresh product to the market. Deco's newly purchased company, Telesense, has adapted high-tech grain storage probes to monitor potatoes in storage. We put about 20 or 30 of them in a potato storage, and it measures relative humidity, temperature, uh, oxygen. Um, in the future, there'll be ethylene measurements, but it's real-time management, so a grower sees it on his tablet or his phone in a three-dimensional um, database, and they can uh, place their cursor right over one of these spheres, and it'll tell them all of those things that are going on. It's six feet long with three different sensors, and uh, we've been able to, in, uh, in trial work, to save a couple of storages that were starting to melt out because there was something wrong. The Midwest Association of Rail Shippers winter meetings begins tomorrow at Lombard, Illinois, continuing through Thursday. Mars President Kerry Evans says it's important for rail shippers and railroads to come together in an effort to further enhance the rail shipping experience. This meeting will also feature a women in transportation and logistics networking event for the first time. Uh, again, markets are closed today in observance of the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Uh, the trade will resume activity this evening. There will be an overnight trade tonight. So that's what's uh, going on as far as markets. On the farm calendar, MinAg Expo, the meeting of the Minnesota Corn Growers Association and Minnesota Soybean Growers, is uh, coming up this Wednesday and Thursday in Mankato. The Red River Farm Network uh, will have broadcast coverage from that meeting. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.